So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Everyone's Sake, the show that occasionally records months in advance and so can't insert a witty topical reference in the intro. I'm Chica Ayres and today we talk about all motor racing, not just F1, but all the others. That's right, there are others. With motoring guru Jake Yoren. what's the other motorsport you should probably give a go? Stay with us to find out. Joining me today is a man. That's all the biographical information I could find on him online. His name is Terry Saunders. Hi. What have you been up to recently? Well, I annoyed my wife. We were going to go to the cinema. Before we went, I decided to sort out the DIY cupboard. DIY covers, it's a big cupboard in our flat. There's lots of arguments about it. I never put stuff away properly. I do a lot of DIY. So I'm tidying it up and she's saying, are we ready to go? I want to go for a drink beforehand. And I'm like, all right, I'll be ready in 20 minutes. I'm putting all the stuff away. I mean, I've chucked loads away. Lots of, sh- lots of, I mean, if you need a bit of edging, I'm your man, because I've got rid of so much of it. And bulbs, I've got bulbs for lights I don't even have. I'm putting all the stuff away. And as I do so, some tins of paint topple and they topple outwards from the cupboard and one of the tins of paint you know opens oh no i've got like bright blue paint over the beige carpet of the upstairs hallway now at first i try and hide the fact from my wife by going i'll be ready in five and i spray everything we have i'm going for like stain remover bleach balsamic dressing anything i can think of breeze do you know what nothing gets blue paint out of beige carpet nothing so what did you do i put the cat on it and said sit there and don't fucking move for how long were you thinking that was going to work he's still there And next to him is our resident journalist extraordinaire, which I believe means really ordinary. It's Phil Tromans. Hello. (laughs) Phil, what have you been up to? I've been driving a fairly extraordinary uh, vintage Ferrari, which I'm pretty sure is the most expensive car I've ever driven. Uh, It was a Ferrari 288 GTO. How much Uh, is it worth? uh, It's 2.4 million pounds. 
Because, I mean, I've been learning to drive in a Mini that I think is worth maybe 11 grand. Yeah, I mean, a little little bit more. So I was driving it for a, for a feature for a, a, a website magazine I write for. It was rather nerve-wracking because I don't often drive older cars. So this is a 1985 Ferrari. I mean, the fundamental controls are all the same, but older cars are somewhat more tactile, shall we say. They don't have power steering. They're not super insulated. So I was very consciously aware of every single thing that was going on with the car. And I was being extremely careful to be as mechanically sympathetic as possible, not crunch the gears and not do anything that would take off hundreds of thousands of pounds at a single fuck up. And the other, the, the slightly terrifying thing, other than the fact that it was worth 2.4 million pounds, was that I drove it through central London. Ah! Uh, which, if you ever get the chance to drive a vintage Ferrari, is not the ideal place to do it there's buses and there's cars and there's cabs and there's people that don't let you out all the time I'm in an unfamiliar car uh, that's that's 30 years old that I, I don't really know how to use and also it's got a weird gearbox as well it's got what's called a dog leg gearbox where the first gear is down and to the left instead of up and to the left and oh it's all over the place uh, so it's awesome and I really enjoyed it and I heartily recommend it if you've got 2.4 million pounds sitting around my only regret is that when I was having a driving lesson it wasn't on the same day in the same part of London break (laughs) so today we're going to be going through all different motorsports because i certainly don't know anything about them these guys don't really know anything about them but jake does hello i'm jake yorith it's not like there's any pressure on me in that situation (laughs) i'm supposed to know because i'm supposed to be a motorsports professional i'll do my best so we're going to run through each of the different types and i have got a short description which I found mainly today on Wikipedia. I should I should jut in here and say that there's a lot of motorsports as we're putting this list together and even since we've sat down I've realised that there's loads of stuff that we've missed out. So, um, a yeah, select sorry. few. Yeah, there's a select few using the strict criteria of whatever came to mind first. Okay, let's start four. off with the sport that we love. It's too expensive but no one can agree how to save money. Actually, no one can agree on anything. Fewer people are watching it than ever and it's controlled by a very rich, very short, very old man. But other than that, it's really fun. It's Formula One. Yeah. Is that the number of overtakes in the year? One. In the title? Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, it's it's got a lot better in the last few years in terms of overtakes because of flaps. I mean... If anything's boring, I, I was <laughs> trying. Just to, I was honestly trying to count how many lead changes there were in Formula One this year. I watched quite oh, a few Grand Prix. Two or three at least. I mm. cannot remember one change for the lead in the entire season. I'm sure, uh, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure you guys watched more Grand Prix than I did, and I'm sure you saw at least one. There's an argument to say that Formula One is like a football match, where it doesn't need to be 28-27, it can be 2-1. Well, I, I can start with a distinguishing feature of Formula One, if you like, and that's money. It's been quite an embarrassing year. It started with Guido van der Gaard. He's a very funny guy. He handled it really well. But Manisha Kaltenborn, Sauber, they didn't come out of it very well at the start of the season. And they're not the only ones. We've seen Mana come and go. We've seen so many disputes all year about money. Alexander Rossi coming in and going and coming in and going. Okay, so if we go into Formula 2, this is the sport that keeps dying out, but someone just keeps starting it again. Well, as we record this, it's, it's dead. And it's, uh, it's going to be starting again in 2017 or maybe 2018. They haven't confirmed it yet. Did, did someone tell you that with sort of a very hopeful glint in their eye? So tell us who would race in a Formula 2. Goodness me, that's a very good Not question. Not necessarily by name, but are we talking sort of mid-teenagers here? Or? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Max right, Verstappen. As, <laughs> as I remember, it goes something along the lines of Formula Ford, Formula Renault, Formula 3, Formula 3000, Formula 1. A lot of those categories have now disappeared. It was a very easy ladder. 
but it's not an easy ladder, is it? Because this is my biggest problem with all of these sports. The worst ladder I've ever seen. The numbering system is fucking atrocious. It right? is atrocious, There's Formula yes. 1, yes. so if we take that as being the best because it's got number 1 in the title. That makes sense. Then it should be Formula 2, but for many years it was Formula 3000. When and now it's GP2. Now GP2. Okay, GP2 is an example. Well, How can you have oh, a GP2 and not a GP1? Um, Bernie Eccleston's got rights to that and he won't give it to anyone else, does he? Because when Formula 1 collapses, mm-hmm. as it will, it's going to be GP1. Oh, right, okay. I don't think that's true. I but it, I mean, it's on a podcast. It must the, be true. The, the biggest problem, and we're going to get to this as we go through, is there's just so many single seater series. I mean, just looking at Phil's list, I can. We've got Formula One, Formula numbers. Two, GP Two, Formula Three, GP Three, Formula Masters, Formula Four, well, Formula Renault, Formula this, Ford. All of these. But we've got all no, of these. There are, are numbers. There's no one, two, three, four, five. Premier League, Championship, Division 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. That, even that's slightly confusing. Formula 1, GP2, GP76, Formula <laughs> Nissan Micra, all of these things. Don't, don't we can tell you that there used to be a Formula 5000 as well. <laughs> no. What was that? I mean, that was, that was... Well, Formula 5000 was 5 litres, 5,000 cubic centimetres. Oh, does it stand for... Formula 3000 was, I think... 3,000 cubic centimetres. Formula, Formula One, of course, uses one litre One engines. cubic centimetre. Yeah, they're, they're utterly tiny yes. engines. Okay, should we move <laughs> on to GP2? GP2, I read, is another way of training up for F1, but I was on a budget. All the teams have the same cars, and it's all about the drivers. Um, Hamilton and Rosberg were discovered on GP2 tracks, and races happen alongside the F1 calendar. Is that, is, is that right? Mostly, yes. Okay. Um, they have two races. One of them is a sprint, and they're really strict about tyres, and it's quite hard to find on telly. It's, it's not that hard to find a telly. It's on Eurosport, I believe. ITV 5000, I think, is on. No, GP2 is an interesting one because a lot of people have gone into GP2 and we used to have, that's just stopped happening. It's another one that's not even on the list. Formula Renault 3.5, which was... Is, who is, is, is a 3.5 engine related? Or have they yes, just it gone, is, yes. It's yes, not it just is. like... It's not, just, three it's not just a fuck with you. <laughs> it's halfway between Formula 3 and Formula 4. But now, G- Formula GP2 Formula was conceived as Bernie's way of controlling the route to Formula 1 and it's a nice idea and we had a change in all of the FIA licensing points super license points GP2 is, is Bernie's way of, of being in control of what who goes into Formula 1 in small ways it's a very expensive sport and a lot of the F1 teams have junior teams there so Stoffel van Dorn who is the champion incredible racing driver ridiculous name Belgian I know a lot of Belgians with ridiculous names it's a, it's a common theme people race in GP2 Move into Formula One is the supposed step, but not everyone in Formula One has gone through GP2. GP2 is now the it's the it's the second step on the ladder down. Finishing school. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it'd be very nice if it went uh, Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two, Formula One, and you could just do it that easily. Yep. But unfortunately, there's no problem with that. There's no clear roadmap from from the bottom to the top, and because there's no, there's no one organisation controlling all these. Yeah, it's all, all sorts of different no, no, organisations no. trying to get their get their so, end away. Yeah, so they're they're all different. Yeah, but not to be nostalgic. But you know when you read things in the sixties and seventies of someone bringing a Formula Two car to a Formula One race and being like, oh, I, I just raced. Williams started with an old Formula Two car. Can you imagine someone bringing a GP Two car? Being allowed well, a to race fun fact, at the start of the season, last year, I was going to say at the start of the season, GP2 cars at some circuits were faster than the Man of Marussia. Marussia oh, Man of God, that's so depressing. It is quite depressing, yeah. No, it's nostalgic. But they, but they have no money and they did a great job in running Formula 1 teams. So. Formula 3. So this is part of the FIA's global pathway to send young drivers on their way to GP2 or maybe even an F1 seat. It's how the wonderful Max Verstappen found his way onto our screens and into our hearts. The championship features 36 drivers that drive open-wheeled cars. It's a lot more expensive than GP2. And unlike Formula 1, the number of people going to watch races is going up. 
We used to have in Britain the best Formula 3 championship in the world. It was, I mean, Ayrton Senna de Silva, a particularly good example, came over here to race, particularly because he heard about a guy called Martin Brundle, wanted to beat him. That's a lie. Sorry, Martin Brundle. I mean, Senna, Brundle, that was a particularly great battle in Formula 3. Most of the people in the 90s and early 1000s who were in Formula 1 had raced in British Formula 3 at some point. So this, now, is, this is British Formula 3, it's not a world championship? That was British Formula 3. Now, the British Formula 3 championship died away a little bit, unfortunately, because it is extraordinarily expensive. We now have an FIA Formula 3 series, which is, I believe, controlled by Gerhard Berger, or run by Gerhard Berger. He has a strong hand in it, anyway. Yep. It's got a good standard of talent at the very top, but it's also got a lot of people who are quite rich and have absolutely no clue what they're doing, yet yet for when hopefully maybe they hire me in future mm -hmm. but there have been a lot of very very big very dangerous accidents uh, in that series and in Monza this year you might have seen the race director actually said if there are any, any more crashes I'm going to red flag the race this is ridiculous and he stopped the race halfway through because there was another big crash that's amazing so he's like they have a headmaster looking after the unruly school boys. Well, I mean, turning this bus around like, like you do in, in any championship you have a headmaster or basically like me racing on an Xbox. That's what it sounds like. Because I watched that race and they were driving like people. I mean, honestly, if you've no ever been on one of those danger. online racing things, I used to do a little bit, very, very little bit. And about three times about the, of the five times ever raced, someone wiped out half the field at the first yeah. turn. Yeah. Imagine a whole field of these people doing it for real. The number of people Until watching it dies. is going up quite a lot. It's because of the crash. According, according to who? See my notes here that I've written. <laughs> I mean, one, one of the other things about Formula 3 is, in theory, it's an open specification of chassis, but there's been one dominant manufacturer of chassis for the last at least 20 years, Dallara. The chassis are supposedly open, but most of the teams are on Dallara. There's a couple of come and gone. There's a new Russian manufacturer apparently came in last year, and, and uh, Lola tried a few years ago. And then on the engine side, it's very tightly restricted. The top two, I believe, are Mercedes and Volkswagen. For a long time, Honda, through their tune and Mugen, were very deeply involved. There are a few other manufacturers who produce engines, but it's very restricted. They keep the power down a long way. The cars have a lot of downforce, which means actually that they're quite slow in a straight line. They they go through turns very quickly, and that means overtaking is quite limited. Sounds like a perfect uh, launching ground for Formula One, then. <laughs> Saying nothing. Okay, GP3. So that was launched in 2010 to produce GP2's offspring. They have 27 identical cars and are a bit more chilled out about pit stops and tyres, I think. The races follow the calendar of F1 and GP2 and are sort of their support act. Kvyat, Bottas, Vern and Sainz. These guys showed their skills to the world in GP3. GP3 is reckoned to be similar to Formula 3, but a lot less technical. I don't know a great deal about it, honestly. Well, uh, no one does, because I'm not even sure it really exists. I feel like it's. <laughs> I feel like we've all heard of it, and we go, yeah. No, no, GP3 does does exist. I have even seen a GP3 car in the wild. Is it in the woods somewhere in Cardiff? <laughs> the last few. In terms of driver level, it's probably quite similar to Formula 3, but Formula 3 is reckoned to be a better training ground. A lot of people like Red Bull saying that apparently uh, Mr. Sainz tried out GP3 I'm pretty sure Sainz did a lot of training in, in Formula 3 and people like Red Bull who are very serious about their driving academies will send people through Formula 3 to teach them Antonio Felix da Costa again another good example did a lot of his, his racing in Formula 3 before I he was rejected from F1 not rejected so much I think he was quite unlucky at being uh, rejected ok so let's go on to Formula 4 this is for drivers that over the ripe old age of 15 
All of the engines have to comply by pretty strict rules. They're not allowed to cost more than 9,500 euros, I think, um, which is like four million less than a Formula One engine. Um, there's no global championships, but there's championships all around the world. And it bridges the big old gap between karting and Formula Three. Now, I'm going to ruin your format here a little oh. bit because Formula Four and Formula Ford, MSA Formula Four, and Formula Ford UK. Are you speaking? Are you speaking English? No, I'm sorry. MSA being the British MSA Motorsport being the Motorsport Association. Association. Now, Formula Ford and Formula Four, as far as I understand it, are now the same thing. No, no that's oh, only because Formula the Ford is a Formula sounds like Ford. Yeah. A, a Formula yeah. Four chassis. It's different. A Formula Four is a Formula Ford car. So MSA Formula Four is based on the current Formula Ford car, which is going to be quite confusing. I've got different centres about Formula Ford, though. So, so okay, Formula but Ford. Formula Ford many years ago was based around. <laughs> Very small, single-seater cars with a Ford engine, road tyres, no wings, none of that. Look like toys. Kind of, yeah, very very toy-like, actually. And then recently, a couple of years ago, Formula Ford was declining a little bit. They introduced a new EcoBoost Ford engine, turbocharged engine. There was a bit of controversy about that, but it was quite successful. Now, Formula Ford these days, Formula, original Formula Ford with the, the road tyres and all of that, is more a club championship, and a lot of club races go and do it because it's very cheap. They have a big festival at the end of the year called the Walter Hayes Trophy, which is where which is at Silverstone, huge, huge numbers of drivers, lots of drivers from all around Let's do motorsport come and do it. You'd, you'd love it. I'll talk about this later. But now, then Formula Ford put this turbo engine in, they tried that, then they put wings on the cars, which was a huge controversial Isn't step. Isn't that completely anathema to what Formula 4 d- has always been about? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a little bit like Formula a switch Ford from... Slash D? <laughs> It was like well, Formula D is another thing entirely. Oh, don't get me started. That's a, that's a drift competition. Oh, God, you're not even joking. No, I'm not joking. No, no, oh, not my joking. God. Formula D is a different I thing. I am so bored. Okay. We're rattling through as best we can. And now Formula Ford stepped up and became a championship with slicks and wings. That's what it used to be called. You'd call it slicks and wings, which is any championship like Formula Renault, which has now disappeared, Formula 3, all of these what? with slicks and wings. I read that at the end of last year, there was a chap who got very, very excited about the fact that he'd had some contact with another chap earlier in the race and during a safety car period passed half the cars and yes. then drove into another chap. That is one of the highlights of this year's Formula Ford or possibly MSA Formula 4 championship. The difference being MSA Formula 4 <laughs> races with either the British Touring Car Championship is, is or the British GT Championship, two separate packages. You see? You see how complicated... You won't hit this bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yes, I'm and you, so confident. Why? So can I check? Isn't the MSA a virus? The MRS, MSA... MRS. Oh. The Motorsport oh, Association. MSA Formula 4 races on the British Touring Car Championship bill, which is family hatchbacks. It's run by the MSA. And the Formula 4 Championship races on SRO. There are too many letters and numbers in this game. This is just... Don't. Uh, what about the BRDC? Do you know about the BRDC? Let's talk the about FIA? the BRDC. Let's talk let's, about the FIA. Let's, let's talk about the, uh, the BTCC and NRA. So is Formula Renault the next step up from Formula Ford? Well, Formula Renault, of course, is now the same as NASCAR. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, I For, Formula, I Formula be Renault used to be the, the next step up from Formula Ford. They had okay. a huge crash. Several different types of them, weren't there? They <laughs> of course there was. <laughs> there, there was, was Formula there was Renault 3.9. <laughs> there, there was Formula Renault, your dad's mate is a driver. There's Formula Renault, oh, I've got a teddy bear. <laughs> Goodness me. So we had Formula Renault 2.0, which <laughs> oh, was yeah. two-litre engines. That's just for you. And Formula Renault 3.5. <laughs> which before that was called World Series by Renault, which, ooh. Wasn't it World right. Series by Nissan? Has there ever been a suicide on a podcast? Because <laughs> I'm feeling... Anyway, like Formula, Re- Formula Renault, as you've written it down, mm. is Formula Renault 2.0, which okay. currently is the Formula Renault Northern European Championship, or NEC. Because I looked on uh, Wikipedia, and Wikipedia said popular in Europe. 
and elsewhere, which I thought was pretty. So right, that's in vague. the world, <laughs> yeah, the popular. NEC is the National Exhibition Centre. Uh, it's not called that anymore. It's called the Genting Arena. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It is. Lewis Lewis Hamilton did a lot of his development in. Oh, LH. We've heard of him. <laughs> and his his career path was almost exactly what what perhaps you'd want, which would be karting, Formula Renault, Formula Three into GP2 and then to Formula 1. Easy. Every new year I have this kind of dual resolution. One is to go, Do you know, I love music, but I should really go and see some smaller bands I've never heard of. And this feels like this. That this matches your beard, sir. Thank you. But this is the same thing of going like, I, you know, I really like to see some non-Formula 1 race roots motorsport. And all it takes is like looking it up and you go, I don't, <coughs> know, I don't know what I'd do, where I'd start. I mean, this is so complicated. You get the impression you turn up at a track and they'd be like, oh, no, no, no. You, you should have been here last Saturday. That was the, uh, the FR3 4.8. <laughs> this Saturday, it's a fun run. <laughs> <laughs> they, do have, they do have fun runs at Silverstone. I, you do I, wonder I how any tracks have time for anything other than <laughs> yeah. motor racing because they're all doing fun runs and triathlons these days. I just looked it up. Formula 4 might not exist. Formula Ford might not exist. It's MSA Formula, certified by FAA, powered by Ford EcoBoost. And they say motorsport's in crisis and we wonder why. Let's go on to our next one. It is IndyCar. These guys have been racing for over 100 years. Um, they're open They're cockpit. knackered. <laughs> Never mind Le Mans. They're open cockpit, really fast cars with top speeds of 130 miles an hour. 100, 130, 230. 230, that's what I meant. 8,004. <laughs> Is that faster than Formula One? Yes. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, they're also green and they burn ethanol and don't use lead in wheels. Jake, you're, you're an expert on uh, on everything. Um, is IndyCar <laughs> not just uh, F1 cars on NASCAR track? No. It, it grew up around the Indianapolis 500, which is one of the world's most famous motor races. Still NASCAR, race. we didn't mention, has the Daytona 500, which is you know a, a race almost everyone has heard of. At Daytona? At Daytona International Speedway. In, and in 500 of them. At 500 miles. Around uh, a 2.5 mile level. Races. 500 races. Best of 500. On the same day. They do do a lot of races. In the 90s, it was called CART. And then... In the late 90s, it became Kart and IndyCar, two separate championships. Kart had the better teams and drivers. IndyCar had the Indy 500. So it was like a dissident splinter group. Oh, it was, it was, it was like what's going to happen when Formula One and GP1 are around at the same time in a few <laughs> years, when it all goes wrong, yeah. when Ferrari leave and become GP1, and Formula One will just be McLaren and Williams, and GP1 will be Ferrari, and Ferrari B, and Ferrari C, <laughs> and Ferrari F. It's not what it used to be. It's not the biggest championship in the world, but it does have a lot of big sponsor interest in America. The, the racing, when they're not under a yellow flag, so they have a lot of <laughs> crashes. It's, it's actually quite good. They have that deeply impressive graphic where they can kind of follow the car on the screen. Where the Americans like do seem to do graphics quite good well, graphic. don't they? They probably do it better than Formula One. I, I haven't seen this, it, I, they, I, but it sounds great. So you're like, you're I mean, I, I like following a graphic on a screen more but than so anything. It so. follows the car around the screen. The actual oh, like a GPA. And they also oh, have okay. the 360 cameras, which only now are they starting to bring into F1 a little bit. They're trying to win other championships, yeah. Well, Formula One are still on uh, 8 mil cameras. But it's, though, a, it's, a, it's a slightly different kind of 360 camera in, in IndyCar, and it, they've had it in NASCAR, they've had it in, in Australian racing. But, cool. but IndyCar is, is a very exciting series, or perhaps used to be. Uh, Indy 500 is still one of the biggest races in the world. Well, the Indy 500 still has history. Well, the, the Indy 500 was decided by sort of is de decided by tenths of a second every year. It's genuinely very exciting racing. And we've had a lot of F1 guys go to to Indy. Why do you Nigel suppose Ansel. that is? 
who proved that Indy was shit <laughs> because he went from the dominant Williams team where it would have been frankly embarrassing if he hadn't won frankly, the championship. That's very good. Frank you. Williams to League. the yeah. dominant IndyCar team. To the dominant IndyCar team. It would have been frankly embarrassing if he hadn't won the championship. Yeah. But he still, but he still won despite having a head injury at some point <laughs> in the year. There was, I, I remember getting a video when I was a kid of like Nigel Mansell's IndyCar year, and this is one great bit where we're on the oval tracks. He's looking at the car and he says, "It looks like it's been in a crash because all the wheels looks are like slightly it's been in a crash." crash. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the wheels are pointed to the left a little bit, and it's just like everything's set up. It's like, oh, it's great. Let's go on to Formula E. Um, Formula E is the vision of the future. You spoke about this at the beginning of last season. I think. We had something in a podcast we last year about this. Yeah, the whole we podcast. Did. You have a little chat on it. So this is racing that's promoting clean energy. It's simple. They race around cities, not tracks. They have to pit to swap cars because the first ones run out of power. And then fans can vote who should get more energy to get them to go a bit faster before it runs out. But this is only the second year of Formula E and its future looks bright. And that's natural light. Nice. <laughs> nice. So there's been a lot of negative press of Formula E and a lot of it is very understandable. The changing car thing is quite difficult. The silent car thing is quite difficult. I was very sceptical about it. Then I did three races with them at the start of this year. And it's, it's really very good. The Malaysian race was simply outstanding one of the best races i've ever seen in my life you mean in terms of on-track action or the in, other yeah, stuff that's yeah, interesting? yeah in terms of in terms of on-track action at the minute it's fair to say that formula e's technology is probably not the highest standard of electric technology in the world but they had to build i mean there's 40 cars each race weekend 10 teams two drivers per team two cars per driver that's 40. didn't the, they get in the first race didn't they get set engines yeah, they were all identical for the first year, weren't they? But in, the fir- in the first year, all the cars are identical. Yeah, but now they can go and go off. Well, no. this year, the chassis is the same. Mm-hmm. The battery supplied by Williams is the same. Williams technology, not Williams Formula One team, though they are related. Williams Advanced Engineering. Uh, Williams Advanced Engineering, in fact, nor also Williams built the, the, uh, the dry cleaners near where I grew up. <laughs> no, not affiliated at all. This year, they're allowed to develop new motors, so that's what makes the power, and new inverters, which is what... I'm not the most technical man in the world. What takes the power from the battery and puts it in the motor and new rear suspension, but mostly it's exactly the same. But it's got a lot of manufacturer interest. Renault are really deeply involved. Uh, so there's the Renault Edams team. Uh, Abt, who are a German team, have big uh, interest from a company called Scheffler, who are very closely connected with Audi and VW. Um, Why is that secret? Well, it's not really secret. It's more that Audi are doing what you might call a backdoor effort. Well, in that they're. Su- <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, I we should no German jokes, there. please. Well, no, um, I feel that Audi, what they're doing with their Formula E project, is basically trying to hide the results of what they're do- They're trying to kind of bluff their way through the, the emissions. No, there's a good joke there, but it really hasn't worked. It's really <laughs> no, that's a gr- I'm, I'm laughing. She's laughing. It's as good. I was, as someone's I was, laughing. As I was talking, I thought, I hope I, hope I pull this out of the bag. We're in the sentence. <laughs> have not got this. It's, uh, but basically, it's in, in the future, Formula E, they've, they've got a license to be the only uh, alternative energy single-seater championship for a very long time. So I, I genuinely believe it will be as big as Formula 1, or at least in the motorsport world, it will be as big as Formula 1. Whether th- common people, as as Jarvis Cocker might call them, will get involved in the same way. That song was I about Formula 1. <laughs> yeah, completely about Formula, Formula 1. E. I don't know. To be honest, I think what's interesting about Formula E is that it's got a very different audience or a larger, a, a different audience to what I've been ex- used to working in motorsport before. Do you think Formula E is going to take over from F1 or run alongside F1 or it's going to become F1? I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not Nostradamus. Well, I don't, honestly, I, however, I do. Don't know. There will be a time when Formula One has another political crisis 
that will destroy the sport. It'll be another kind of money this, engines that. And all it will take is a couple of superstar drivers or a team to cross over to Formula E and then Formula 1 will be left for dead. And well, I think one of the biggest, years, one of the One of the, the best things about Formula E at the moment is that they don't have the massive technological development of, of Formula 1. Okay, there's politics in every motorsport, but nothing like we have in Formula 1. And you'll, you'll be walking through the paddock and you'll be saying hello to people from different teams, all the drivers are still hanging out together, everyone, you know, it's a good atmosphere in the paddock, which perhaps you don't always get at all motorsports because of the politics involved. Okay, so let's move on to WEC, the World Endurance Championship, which this year will consist of nine really, really long six-hour races in four continents. It's run by a partnership... And one 24-hour race. Yeah. And a 24-hour race. Quite a famous one. Yes, it is really fast. Sorry. The Daytona 500. <laughs> <laughs> so it's run by a partnership between the FIA and ACO. Automobile Club to the West. <laughs> Good fact for you, only stopped for the war since 1923. And most excitingly, unlike F1, the cars are allowed to be really different. Mark Webber has shown his face again, um, driving in WEC, and took home last year's title. Alongside other drivers. And I read that this racing is for those that are bored of Eccleston's wrath and have a very long attention span. Warden Jones has great drivers, great heritage. They've got high-tech cars that are really fucking good, and yet it's fucking boring. I don't know why I can't get into it. Like, I watch a race, I enjoy it. What is missing from WEC? Or, can I just ask, does anyone call it the WECI Races? <laughs> from now on, now I might now start on. calling it the WECI Races, yeah. The WECI Races versus Formula 1, to me, seem quite similar in the amount of skill and money and everything. But at the same time, form- what so has Formula te- 1 got? Technologically-wise, technologically wise, WEC is ahead. Yeah. The rules are freer, particularly in terms of the ele- electric stuff that's in the cars, so the top class. I guess I better break down the classes, which is going to... You're, you're going to love this, Terry. Hang on a minute, so can, I, can I say my fact first? Yeah, go. Don't the lower classes have to have yellow headlights? That's true. <laughs> I love that, sorry. That's because the, the closing speeds are simply enormous. Allow me to break it down, I'll put my hood up for that. Break it down. Okay. Break it down. There's LMP1H, hybrid cars, and you have to be a whoa, works whoa, whoa. manufacturer to break, enter break, this championship. Break it down more. What does LMP stand for? Le Mans prototype. Okay, that makes sense. And it's nice and easy for you. Le Mans Prototype 1, Le Mans Prototype 2. But we have Le Mans Prototype 1H, which is hybrid. Quite exciting, more than 1,000 horsepower. This is like when I played Forza on the Xbox, and it goes from, you can have class A, B, C, D, X4, No, don't do this, because this gets even more confusing, because the LMP1H cars are in different categories to LMP... You see? And then we have LMP1, which is designed for privateers, or privateers in inverted commas who buy a chassis and go racing so people who don't have the money of the manufacturers <coughs> to develop anything yes that's going to beat them. but you can have pretty free engines in that in that category then below that you have lmp2 this, the chassis rules are very similar to lmp1 but the engine rules are very tight uh, they have to be based on a road car in theory uh, the dominant engine manufacturer is nissan it's not all professional drivers in this category you have to have one driver who is not Gold or platinum rated? No, just a bloke off the street. Me. You, you sir. He yeah, passed could do yet. he hasn't passed. The We're not. Test. I, I'm not going to go into driver ratings, but very simply, <laughs> platinum, <Can we>? <laughs> platinum <laughs> and gold are professional drivers. Silver and bronze are non-professional drivers, but they're very controversial. And they don't always work like that. But so the idea is that you, that you can be a, uh, uh, an amateur driver and go and race in the world's greatest motor race. In inverted commas, you yep. might have a disagreement with that. No, no, the I'm fine with that. If I can do and then all, and then the supporting races with the World Endurance Championship. There's, there's always been various championships for sports car racing. The World Endurance Championship is based around the fact that people want an entry for the Le Mans 24 hours. One of the main ways you get one 
is by being a full season entrant in the World Endurance Championship. Oh, it's like doing the London Marathon, where they go, you can do the marathon, but you have to, have to give money the to a charity. Imagine to do the London Marathon, you had to do a run in Bermondsley, the Great North Run, the Cardiff Half, the Bristol Half, and various other halves around the country first before you're allowed to come and do the London Marathon. That would or, get rid of some of the losers. There you go. <laughs> that guy with the fucking <laughs> chicken plan. suit. Back to classes. There's two more classes I haven't even told you about yet. GTE... Pro and Am. GT Grand Touring, I'm going to guess the E stands for endurance, but I've never looked at it. Grand Touring cars like Aston Martin Vantages, Ferrari 458, now 488. So these are, these are based on road cars? Loosely, They're yes. not just designed from scratch race cars? Yes. So hang on, so I could buy, let's say, a Nissan Micra? No. No? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure you could. I'm looking <laughs> yeah, at your means. You're, you're clearly a reasonably wealthy enough man to buy so a Nissan Micra. If I bought a Nissan Micra, could I turn up to Le Mans? No. But anyway, this this then GTE Pro, which is all professional drivers, and then GTE Am, which is very similar to LMP2. You have to have a team that is based off pro drivers and some amateur gentlemen, as we call them in the sport, drivers. So these are these these look like road cars. Are they actually modified road cars or not? Um, that's a good question. Very basically, the chassis comes from a road car. You can move so bits be, around. I mean, these are then these are not your Ford Mondeos. These are oh no, like I mean, Porsche 911. Porsche, but we Porsche could have a Nissan Micra. Could we make a team? I'm just saying, this is a scrappy challenge. The, the, what, what I think a lot of people don't understand is how high the level is in the World Endurance Championship. In terms I of the drivers. But can we actually make a team? How hard would it be? It's very expensive. How expensive? Really, very spectacularly expensive. I don't have figures, but millions and millions and millions of pounds. Uh, it's probably us out. Yeah. How many Does anyone have a car? Producer Matt, we've how many got, downloads we, we we've, only got, <laughs> we've only got one million of pounds. Seven downloads. <laughs> <laughs> we've only got a single million, so we can't. If you turned on not knowing anything about WC, you just go, I, I don't have a clue what the hell's going on. You can watch it, and there's great entertainment, great entertaining racing, particularly between the LMP1 factory cars, uh, between the LMP2 cars, between quite often you'll see the pro drivers in those cars doing a great job of entertaining the crowd. Uh, GTE Pro has some of the best racing you'll ever see because the cars in GTE are very evenly matched, and they all race with very professional, very high-standard drivers, guys you, you won't have heard of, perhaps, guys like Oliver Gavin, who for oh, a long time was the yeah, F1 yeah, safety yeah. car yeah. driver. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was the F1 safety car driver. He got as far as Formula 3000, your favourite category. Yeah, what a, what um, a But, I mean, he's been he's been at the top of the sport for a very long time. British guy. Lots of British guys in GT but racing. They, and they all race on track at the same time. Yes. Now, this is my this is my favourite thing. Why can't we have Formula 1, when, especially when they were talking, like when we before we had Haas in and they were talking about uh, maybe Marissa going and it was going to be a, like a grid of 16 cars. Yep. Bring in some GP2 cars. Let's have a two-class Formula One race. Saying we should all, have all the single seaters on but class we just, one. We, yeah. ju- we just said a second ago that it was quite complicated with the World Endurance Championship having different classes. And I yep. mean, imagine MotoGP, for example, <coughs> has several classes now, and it's so confusing. MotoGP. And we only talk about bikes. <laughs> let's oh not. My oh God. God. Okay. Okay. Well, Carnage, well, let's move on. Wacky races. Okay, so that is all we've got time for. We've uh, we haven't obviously managed to cover everything. We've or missed quite close. a few, haven't we, Jake? Uh, we've a fair few, yeah. What have we missed? I think we got everything. Uh, we haven't mentioned karting. CBBS. Mm-hmm. We haven't, we haven't <laughs> mentioned any other kind of sports car series other than the WC, and there are a lot of them. So maybe we could have you back another time to come we and talk about DTM other main sports that we haven't. Please, really? let's talk about my fee, shall we? Then? Well, <laughs> your fee is uh, one. Formula 3.5. The <laughs> <laughs> fuel will be 15%. 3.5 so litres of fuel. Until then, I've been Chi Grez. Thanks to Terry, Phil and our special guest, Jake Yoris. We'll be back in our comfort zone for the first of two shows on F1 testing. We'll see you then. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network.